0: Hi, and welcome to Elevate Potential. I'm so glad that you're here. This is a podcast that is designed to help you escape patterns, embrace passion, and elevate potential. My name is Elizabeth Perry, and as a lifelong student of psychology, personal development, and human potential, as well as a transpersonal life and leadership coach, I will be your guide as together we learn from others who are on this journey. Let's dive in. The Enneagram is the nine ways that we get lost but also the nine ways we come home to our true selves hi and welcome to elevate potential this is elizabeth perry and i'm annette and we are actually live and in person recording this episode together on one of my absolute favorite topics which, of course, she wrapped me into, and now I am obsessed with so we have to talk about it, <laughs> which is the Enneagram. And if you personally know me, I've probably already made you read The Road Back to You, which there is not, Like, I will tell you, like, you, it's not a person, like, the Enneagram is not a personality test. We're going to dive into it, but Enneagram is just magical. And today we're going to be talking a lot about how We found our numbers and some of the core desires. Yeah, what it means to us, how it's helpful, how maybe it can be helpful to you. Yeah, so let's get into it. (laughs) Love it. So let's get started at the beginning. Let's talk about what is the Enneagram. For someone who's never heard of it, doesn't know what it is, how would you describe the Enneagram? Definitions are always so tough. So I'm actually going to pull a quick definition from one of my favorite Enneagram books, which is kind of like the advanced level Enneagram book. I wouldn't recommend this at the top. It's called the sacred Enneagram. And their definition is the Enneagram is the nine ways that we get lost, but also the nine ways we come home to our true selves. And so it's really a personality examination. I'm not going to call it a test because it's not a quick test, but a process of determining like where are you most likely to get lost in life Mm -hmm. and how, what is your path to get back to who you truly are Mm -hmm. and step into your true self. Something I would add that I found really helpful in The Road Back to You, which, of course, you recommended. Which is the <laughs> beginner-level book of the <laughs> Enneagram. <Yeah. laughs> Great place to start. Something that I like that they describe it as was that the Enneagram talks about your personality, but it goes to the root of where the word character comes from, I believe. And I might be misquoting this because I don't have the book right now, so we'll, we'll confirm. <laughs> but it talks about the root of the word character, which in Greek, or not Greek, probably Rome, I don't know, in another language, <laughs> means the mask. It's like a mask that you wear. And back you know, in the ancient times, they used masks for theater. So the, the word character comes from the mask. And so our personalities, our characters are this mask that we wear. And that to me just really resonated because it's almost like our armor. It's how we choose Mm. and are able to enter the world based on what we learned as children. This mask that we wear is now how we can kind of act in society. So it's not necessarily given to you. It's not that you're born with it. It's like that nature versus nature. It's something that we... We learn and experience so that I found helpful. Yeah. And that's actually one of the cool things about the Enneagram is it really does go back to childhood Mm -hmm. and each personality type is like rooted in a core childhood wound. And I think that that is one of the most powerful things about the journey of discovering your number is because it does go back to like such a deep place as to where if you do something like Myers-Briggs, It's like, oh yeah, I'm social or I'm this or I'm that. But it doesn't go down to like the core of who you are. And that's what I think that is so unique about the Enneagram because it goes beyond just like the mask that you put on, but why you put that mask on in the first place. I feel like that's also the reason why I always say, and you said this to me, you can't just take a test. There's tests out there and they maybe are a helpful starting point but you can't just take it and say, oh, I took the test. I'm a seven. You really need to read and understand what the numbers mean, how they interact with each other, because that's kind of how you can help self-identify with what it is versus the test. It just isn't as accurate. You really have to kind of learn what it is. And I feel like it's, I think a lot of people use like Myers-Briggs or even their horoscope, um, to kind of just be like, Oh, I do this because I'm a Libra or, or, Oh, Mm -hmm. I do this because of this. But when it's with the Enneagram, like the Enneagram isn't an excuse to continue living the life the Mm -hmm. way that you're living it. The Enneagram is a call for you to step into your true self and to heal from some of those core fears and core wounds and core desires. And so when you say like, Oh, I do this because I'm a three, you're like actually saying like, Oh, I do this because of my childhood trauma (laughs) (laughs) and it becomes a lot deeper and it becomes something that like, you can't just like make excuses for because you understand it more. And there's like an awakening that happens. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first found my number, I just dove so deep into it because there was such an awakening that happened that I I couldn't choose. Like there, it was no longer a choice to be become, to be unconscious of mm-hmm. my decision-making because I now knew why I made certain decisions that made me unhappy. Mm-hmm. But placated some like temporary desire or longing but didn't meet that need
1: mm-hmm.
0: so yeah to, do you want to talk about how you found the Enneagram and how you kind of got started with it I just learned it from you so. yeah <laughs> and I feel like I tell everyone about it if you've met me and I haven't talked with the Enneagram. You're not that close. Yeah. We're not friends. We're actually not friends. So, sorry. Wow. I feel like there's a couple people listening. They're like, damn, I thought we were friends. Oh my gosh. Well, maybe we might still be friends. Yeah. Know, but probably You should friends. ask. You should probably clarify. <laughs> and to those who have talked about the Enneagram with me, just know you're in the inner circle. Yes. So maybe you're just in the circle too. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> we're going to end that one out. Um, but how I found the Enneagram was actually through my church. Um, Cause it does have like a religious backing, but it's not just Christianity. It actually has a backing in like so many other different religions, which is so beautiful. And I am such a universalist in what I in the way that I even carry through my religion and kind of in the process of deconstructing right now, just to be honest with everyone. And so, um, I, that's what I love about the Enneagram is it does have a basis basis in like a lot of different religions, not just one. And I found out from it by, a deep chat that I had with my small group leader. Her name is Rachel. And we were getting lunch at Flower Child, which Annette and I just came from uh, <laughs> yes. randomly. Oh, that place. Um, shout out to Flower Child, Easy Grown <laughs> um, <laughs> Fox Restaurant. Wow. But Rachel and I were sitting there, and I was honestly in a really dark place when I found this church. Like. I didn't know what I was living for. I was doing a job that definitely brought financial abundance, but I felt so dead inside. I would wake up in the morning and like cry because I didn't want to go to work. It wasn't in line with my values, but it looked really good. Mm -hmm. And when I had this, I was having this conversation with Rachel and she was just obsessed with the Enneagram. She knows way more about it than I do. And she didn't tell me what I was, But she said, you should have a conversation with Lisa. (laughs) And I started chatting with Lisa. And Lisa and I have, who is my pastor's wife, we just have similar childhood wounds. We have, um, we bonded a lot. And then I got to know that she was an Enneagram three. And Rachel was Enneagram two. I also really bonded with her. And so then I'm like, okay, I need to read this book because I'm really resonating with like a lot of the things that Lisa is saying. And through the, just the reading of the road back to you, I also listened to, um, I think it's called like home at last, or there's an album of songs where there's a song for each Enneagram number. And I listened to the Enneagram three song and I just like cried because it just hit home so hard. And mm-hmm. Through getting to know both of these women, but also like reading the road back to you and resonating with other threes and then realizing like, oh, okay, I'm a lot like you. I started to realize like, okay, yeah, this is my number. And then it just got deeper and deeper after that, to be honest. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That makes sense. There's something you said a little bit earlier that you found the Enneagram when you were in a really dark place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's just some really important lessons that we can find when we're in those places if we allow ourselves to be open to them Mm -hmm. because you in those places reached out you had these people in your life that shared this really amazing thing with you that is now a big part of the conversations you have the growth that you have but sometimes it is in those darkest moments and i feel like that's a really good reminder now that you're not in that place to say, oh, wow, but this really beautiful thing came from being in that place. And I also curious, as you were talking about the things that you resonated with this other person who's a three, who found as a two, what are the things that resonated with you? What are the things that you kind of identified with? Yeah. I think the biggest thing is that the core desire for a three is to be fully known and to be fully seen. And to be loved for simply being you in the song, it talks about like to be loved for my failures, because so often as a three, we think that achieving and succeeding is how we're going to be loved. And so we hustle for our worth in order to get that external validation that we're successful and we have achieved great things. And we think that that is going to fulfill this desire that we have to be fully known and fully seen. But at the end of the day, we just feel like people only love us for our accomplishments and people only love us for our highlight reel. And I think in the song, it says like set aside the highlight reel, like I want to be loved for my list of failures. And just all that, like the core of that, like that desire is what really made me realize like, yeah, I'm a three, like, like just one sentence, like to be fully known and fully seen. I'm like, I felt when I heard that, I don't feel like I have ever been fully known and fully seen because I didn't even know who I was Mm -hmm. because I was living for all of these milestones that were just predetermined by society because I wanted that like for sure this is successful for sure like this is an achievement like the trophies the awards As to where now I try to seek the type of fulfillment that is aligned with my values and achievements that are aligned with my values that may not look like achievements to other people. So like to me, posting something that is a little vulnerable on a social media platform that might not naturally like normally have vulnerability to me, that is an achievement. And that's something that I can celebrate because I'm doing something that's in line with my values as were in the past, and even when I found the Enneagram, my achievements were like being sales rep of the month and selling like mm-hmm. 130K of this software that I didn't give two shits about, doing even a job that like was nowhere in line with like my interests, my values, my passion, or my purpose, unless my purpose was to make money, which... <laughs> Surprise everyone! Your purpose isn't to make money. (laughs) Like, just I can say that for a fact. (laughs) Well, I love that you talk about how it shows you not just like the good sides of your number or your personality or your character, but it helps put words to and uncover these other parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So, for you to realize that you were achieving and wanting to achieve but wasn't aligned with your values, you also said that you or doing what you thought like society would see as valuable. But it's also part of I, There's this, this feeling of it's what we think society wants. It's not necessarily what society tells us. Mm-hmm. It's what we see society telling us and what we put the pressure on us as. Mm-hmm. So once you take that away and you're like, well, what do I care about? What are my mm-hmm. values? Not just what I think other people want, then that allows you to have that freedom within these things you're learning about yourself and your character totally because i think that when you first learn about your enneagram number or at least for me as a perfectionist and an achiever i'm like i only saw the negative and i was like wow i'm terrible like my core pitfall or downfall i don't remember the for sure name of it is vanity Hmm. And threes will be whoever you want them to be, as long as it's whatever is the Hmm. best in that situation. And I was like, damn, I'm like, all I care about is vanity. I'm fake. Like, and I was, I was just only seeing the negative. But when you start to like, just be more conscious, like you can be a conscious achiever. Hmm. Like you can be a conscious achiever who is like, this is my definition of success that I am defining for myself based on my values, my purpose and who I am as a human and my deep core of my being. And I'm going to like chase that. Like threes are so amazing at doing that. And usually your purpose, it helps others. And so threes are so great at like rallying people, rallying people for a cause and like getting things done and like motivating other people to do it too. And motivating other people to be their best selves. But when they're unhealthy, like those healthy and unhealthy of all numbers, when they're unhealthy, they're just going after things because it's like what they think that other people think that they should be. And it's like not a conscious decision. It's just it's, it's living in an unconscious way. And I think that that's like a huge distinction between unsafe, like unhealthy and healthy is like consciousness. Hmm. But I also wanted to ask you because you have now read the back to you. You've like gone through the process of discovering your Enneagram. Mm -hmm. And I held my tongue for so long because I wanted (laughs) to tell her I'm so good at typing people. It's kind of insane, but I waited and I let her come up. I like encourage her to go, you to go through the process. Mm -hmm. I like talking to other people. I encourage you to go through the process. (laughs) So I would love to hear about your journey and your aha moment, like Mm -hmm. discovering what your number is. And if you can share with everyone, like what your number is. Yeah, of course. So I think what's interesting, and I'm realizing this happens a lot. You specifically will tell me about a book. I will either buy it or put it in my cart and forget about it and then get it like a few months later when we're not talking about it anymore. And so it took me a while to actually get to it. And I have to be honest, I haven't finished it. I just read the numbers that I <laughs> like was, <the> <laughs> that I wanted to learn about or that I, I thought I would identify with. And for me, the aha moment in realizing my number, because there's a few number and honestly, I think with the Enneagram, like any personality, we all are a part of all of them. We yeah. see ourselves in other people. We see ourselves in different personalities. So it's not that you are just one thing and that you're that defines you. It's that you identify more with one than the other. Yeah. And for me, the aha moment was really early in the book. It describes the arrows of the Enneagram and what they mean and why they point to different numbers. Mm-hmm. So if you've never seen the Enneagram, it's, it's like a, a shape with, it's a circle. With arrows pointing to the different numbers and the arrows have significance. The arrows pointing away from you is what your personality is when you're in strength and in comfort and the arrow pointing towards you, towards your number is the the personality type that you go to when you're in stress or discomfort. I think I have it. That, yeah, right? Okay. that's right. So I know something. I, I, know. A lot. I was like thinking, I was like, wow, I would have never explained that. But for me, that was my aha moment uh-huh. of being able to distinguish between the other ones, because I was reading what the two was, what the three was, what the four. The, I'm very much in the heart triad, which is the, the <laughs> with those numbers. And I was reading the descriptions. But when it said, well, when you're stressed, you become an eight, you are a commander, you kind of take charge. You maybe are more serious, and I definitely do that, especially at my old job. If I was stressed, I'm I'm in charge. I'm gonna just make it happen. There's no emotion involved. I just got to get the job done. And it might acro- come across as harsh, <laughs> but I just there to do business. Whereas when I'm in comfort, I am a four, which is the, what's the name of the four? It's, I know the four is an individualist. Individualist. So it's more creative or romantic and it's okay to be different. It's okay to be creative and expressive. Uh, whereas my normal state is as a two and I've always been a giver, but I never understood why. And I think the other thing with the two, that's really interesting is it it, it sounds kind of nice to say, oh, I'm a two. Oh, when I first took the test, <laughs> I told everyone I was a two, yeah, even though that. I'm a three. And that's totally what a three would do. <laughs> you want to identify. <laughs> I wanted to be a two. Mm-hmm. I actually look up to twos a lot. And I think that's why I have a lot of twos in my life. And like, yeah, I, I like when I took the test, I definitely got three. But I was like, uh-uh, I ain't posting that. Like, <laughs> threes want to be whatever everyone thinks is great. And yeah, everybody does love twos. And that's because two is prioritize other people's needs over their own. Exactly. And that was the second part that I think really hit home for me was I know I prioritize other people. I know that I love feeling useful, feeling helpful, but the kind of dark side of what that is for a two is that it can be really manipulative. Mm. I do things for others with the hope that they're going to want to do things for me. And that they're going to love me and care for me because I'm able to to do something for them or to notice things about them or to support them in a certain way. And again, kind of like what you were talking about, if you don't realize what kind of the dark side or the weakness of that number or your personality is, that it can be really unhealthy. Yeah. So you kind of have to be okay with going down that rabbit hole of like, okay, tell me not just the good stuff about my personality, but also what are the things that I might be doing that are harmful to myself or others? Yeah. Enneagram does a good job of that. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I would say that, and this is something that my mentor at the time told me was, this is a difficult process. Like I'm here for you when, Mm -hmm. when she gave me the book. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something to be super keenly aware of. Like, I don't type people at first, like not at first, but like, just like first off, you are now getting an introduction to the Enneagram. Like once you figure out your number, like don't start typing people. Mm -hmm. I do in my head, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but just don't say it out loud because that is a journey that people should be able to go on and also it is a hard journey. Mm -hmm. Like it's an emotional journey. When you, when I first found out, my number, I definitely cried. I definitely had a hard time processing it Mm -hmm. because like authenticity is my number one value. And so to go through this realization that I had been living my life based on other people's definitions and also like changing who I am based on different situations, it's like, I wasn't conscious of that. And like, when you become conscious of it, you're like, wow, everything I do, even the things I did for good were like had some ulterior motive. ulterior motive. Yeah. And I think what the truth is, is like everything that we do has an ulterior motive, ulterior motive. And now that I've like, you know, done the work, I feel like a little bit more like it's, it's not as hard of a realization, but that first year, <laughs> like I didn't even lie, it was hard. I mean, it also meant I had to like leave my job. Like it meant I had to make big decisions mm-hmm. to get back to who I truly am. And I think I'm still, in that process. Like, yeah. yeah. I, and it's funny you say that because I remember the conversation at some point of you talking about how you thought you were two and you realized you were three and just like the emotion that kind of came with. I, cause even at that point, I think you even said like, I think I'm the, you weren't, you weren't owning your 3 miss. Yeah. yeah. It took me a minute. I mean, I thought it was a nine because actually threes do go to nine in stress. And we go to six in health. And I do go to nine when I'm stressed. I'm kind of lethargic. I'm kind of lazy. Like I kind of like just, uh, I'm just a people pleaser and just kind of go with the flow and just seek harmony as to where when I'm in, when I'm healthy, like... I don't just seek harmony for harmony's purpose. Like I still can be a chill person, but like when I'm at my best and when I'm thriving, like I'm part of the action. Like I'm a social butterfly. Like I wanna be like catalyzing change Mm -hmm. in whatever capacity that is. But when I'm not in a healthy place or just like stressed even, because that's just day to day too. Like in the morning I could be stressed and I could be acting more like a nine and in the afternoon, I could be acting more like a three. But even if I'm in a group of people that makes me stress, I'll just be the chill one. Hmm. And that's like my nineness. And so I thought it was a nine for a while. But I also wanted to go back to the triads because you had oh, yeah. exp- you had like said that, but we didn't really go into it. The two, the three, and the four are the heart and the feeling and the emotion based numbers and that's part of the heart triad. And then there's the seven, the six, the five. They're part of the head, the intellectual, the thinking triad. And that bas- it basically just means that that's kind of like your core go-to. Like you go into your head as to where twos, threes, and fours go into their heart. And then eight, nine, and one go into their body. And like they're, that's where they really process things. And three, six, and nines, they are like the weird numbers. They like have an interesting relationship with their triad. So like I'm in the heart triad as a three, but... I actually don't understand my own emotions. I go into like my head a lot and I'm totally disassociated with my body. <laughs> you have interesting relationships with your triad as well. Or is it that like you just don't really go into your body because you're so heart centered? I think it's more of that one. It's yeah, we're just talking about being in our bodies. And I think I, I definitely am someone who can be in my head. But usually it's my emotions or my heart taking me to my head yeah. <laughs> and over-processing things that don't really need to be overprocessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As to where I'm a three, like I feel really hard and, and I know what other people are feeling. Just like very intuitively, I know what other people are feeling. But with myself, I feel a lot, but I don't always understand why I'm feeling that way. So like for example today I was feeling really sad and it was like a really deep sadness and I also had this like tiff with a boy over the weekend and so I was like associating the sadness to that but I was like why am I that sad about that I didn't care about him that much and then I realized I was actually sad cuz the net's leaving oh, me Hold on hold on hold on you did not realize that I literally said you're sad cuz I'm leaving Kind of as a joke, but also kind of serious. And then I started crying. (laughs) (laughs) And then we found out that was why. (laughs) Yeah, and it really was why. And I do that a lot where like I'll be feeling really sad and then I'll just attribute it to like work or I'll attribute it to something that's like just kind of logical, easy Mm -hmm. or could help me not avoid what I'm Mm -hmm. actually feeling because threes are really great at avoiding their emotions. Mm. And avoiding their true desires and maybe that's everyone i don't know but i definitely know threes are good at like avoiding their emotions because we avoid our emotions in order to get things done we
1: mm-hmm.
0: will shut out everyone in order to achieve a goal and everything and ourselves for our goal we're very narrow narrow-minded in that way <laughs> whereas i'm like i just want to help people yeah which can be also kind of the opposite of i have goals i have desires but also if someone needs help with something then that takes priority yeah. so that's why i created a business where my job is to literally support people so i think part of what is again helpful with the enneagram is finding the things about your personality and things that maybe in your current position and your current role and your current experience are not helpful or make it challenging and figure out, okay, if this is how I find my value, because that's kind of how I can identify the Enneagram, is choose we find our values by serving others, by being helpful. Mm-hmm. That's not a bad thing, that's an amazing thing. So mm-hmm. how can I use it as a strength? And what is is the role that I need to have? to use that as a strength. That's why I was a teacher. That's why I was a manager. That's why I took these positions. And I feel like you have the same If you are an achiever. You want to do well. And you took these experiences that check that box. But yeah. then once you understand it, you can take it deeper into a place that's more whole to your whole self. Totally, yeah. Because being a sales rep for a payroll company, definitely check the box of like my strength is hitting numbers and being better than other people. But like when that's the desire, that leaves me feeling really empty and really vain and really like a shell of a human. As to where doing what I'm doing now, which is living my values in everything that I do, being like my core values are like vulnerability, authenticity, leadership, love of learning, hope, and courage. Like those are my core values. My two deciding values are courage and authenticity. And when I am living in my values, I feel so whole and and accomplished and proud of myself. And that now is like my North star is like making myself proud that I am able to do. And that's the goal. And, and it helps other people because making myself proud only comes through me, like doing things that, provide value to other people like you being vulnerable and being courageous only allows other people to be vulnerable and courageous so yeah i mean that's the beautiful thing about the enneagram is it does take you through like your shadow and it shows you all of like the terrible things about you whether you like it or not (laughs) but once you learn that you learn your core desires you learn your core longings you learn your core fears you're able to then use that to overcome your common pitfalls, your common mistakes, like your common behavioral patterns that you don't like and that are leaving you empty Mm -hmm. and step into who you are truly meant to be and like Mm -hmm. to thrive. And like, that's why I think the Enneagram is like so integral to like escaping patterns and embracing your passion and elevating your potential. Like the Enneagram is like, Foundational to me, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, it was definitely the catalyzing moment that allowed me to sh- change my life. And I talk about so many moments being catalyzing, but we do have a lot of catalyzing moments mm-hmm. that like we don't take the time to like recognize. And that's what's amazing about this podcast is I'm like, getting the chance to do that. I just, it, as you were talking, I was like, that was my last question, and you already answered it, <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect because I think it is so important for people to understand why the Enneagram is so helpful mm. because it's easy to hear people talk about it and be like, that's too confusing. There's all these numbers and there's wings. And what does that mean? <laughs> but <laughs> I promise it is worth looking into and understanding so that we can be at that next level and have these conversations. Because once you understand those parts of your per- personality and this tool, because that's what this is, it's really a tool to, to understand yourself and others, Mm -hmm. then you can talk about things. I, you talked a lot about how it helped with, with your work and, and finding your purpose and being somewhere that you were proud to be, but also it's in your personal relationships. It's your relationships with family. It's, there are so many aspects of life that this is so helpful with that it is, as you said, integral in elevating your potential. Yeah, for sure. And I love what you say about relationships because like as a three, I used to maintain a lot of surface level friends mm-hmm. because I always wanted to have plans because that made me seem like cool. And I also lived for being cool, which was also hard because I'm a three wing four and the four is the individualist. And so my personality was in a battle with each other. Cause like, no, I want to be authentic and creative and different, <laughs> but it's like, no, you want to be cool and, and like mm-hmm. successful. And like, you want everyone to envy you. And so I maintain all of these like surface level acquaintances. And that only reinforced my core fear of people not being able to like fully know and see me and love me for who I am because people only knew a little bit about me and it was always the highlights. And when I found on my Instagram number, I was like, oh wait, hold up. Wait a minute. (laughs) I want real friends and I want to cultivate those. I still now maintain a large circle because that's something that I value is like networking and friendship. But I know who the people are that I'm gonna show up for. I'm intentional about that too. It's like, and sometimes it's really effortful. I'm not gonna lie. Like, there may be a cooler plan that I could be going to that night than being there for one of my like core people. And I have to intentionally make that decision of like, no, I'm going to be there for my core person tonight. And, it's, and also, I like those people that I don't have a ton of them. I'm not trying to make this commitment to like 50 people. Because then it's like super unrealistic, but I know my core and I know that like, those are, those are my writer dies. And like the process of even getting there was, you know, something that we will talk about later on. And we kind of have a little bit already, but yeah, how you show up in relationships, I think is impacted by this. And I think everything that you do, every little thing that you do is impacted by the Enneagram and like learning about it truly does change your life. Like it definitely changed my life. But again, just like anything, as much as you put into it, it's what you're going to get out of it. One of my favorite recommendations is to go through your Enneagram journal. Once you determine your number to go through your Enneagram type journal. And this is like a book by Beth McCord. I will caveat this. It's definitely from a Christian lens. Although the Enneagram in general isn't only Christian, this book is very Christian. It does like cite Bible verses, but I still found it to be extremely helpful for me personally because I identified as a Christian when going through it. But I've recommended it to people who aren't Christian and they love it too. Just replace like God with universe and see the Bible verses as like poetic writings. What was the other? books you recommend there's a couple of them for the enneagram that you love yeah so this book is a great one then also the sacred enneagram is another great one and then um, the road back to you is another good one and then i'd also recommend this playlist it's like a it's an album of songs that Each one is a different um, Enneagram number. So the artist is sleeping at last and the album is actually just called Atlas Enneagram. And it's a really cool way because like you don't have to read a book. So those people who are more into music, you can just listen to the whole album and like whatever song makes you cry. Like that's probably your number. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yeah. I also like when I was going through this album, like sent the three song to all the people who I thought were threes. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm <laughs> sorry. And I
0: did not receive that song yeah I didn't think that you were a three <laughs> no I know no, that's awesome I do want to listen to that now I feel like that's a great recommendation so I have one last question because when we were prepping for this and talking about it you said that there is a saying that you use for your threeness Can Oh, you share with us what that saying is and why it's helpful yeah so like for a while there I almost like wanted it to be a hashtag <laughs> um why not <laughs> yeah and, and, and part of my recovery recovery. So, my uh, my saying is freedom from freedom. And I wanted to be a hashtag freedom from freedom because three like being a three is sometimes it really does feel like a cage because you just feel so lost like you don't know who you are and you feel like you're just keeping up with all of these standards that like weren't set for you and like mm-hmm. it can be a scary place to hit pause. Because then you're like, wait, what am I going to live for now? Like, I legitimately think that I live for achieving and for other people's validation. And then like, if I'm not living for that, like, what am I living for? And I went through that like really scary process when like I deleted my whole Instagram account went through the process like, are you sure you want to delete it? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) delete it all. And afterwards I was like, oh shit, I don't think I exist anymore. And like, I went through this process of like, wow, like that sounds so vain and stupid to me. I was going to say, someone's going to identify with that and be like, oh wait, am I vain and stupid? No, no it's not. not. It's not <laughs> vain and stupid. It's, it's real. Yeah. That's a real emotion of, of feeling like all of your validation, all of your, your, how you are valued as a three is tied up in this, this world yeah. that you completely shut the door on and said, no, I want to do something else, and that—that's—I know it's a conversation we're going to go into in a later episode. Yes. because we do have. I think it's a, a hustle, hustle culture, hustling conference. for your words. That <laughs> one. That's the. That's going to be another really great conversation. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. I, I'm. I'm about to. I'm like ready to go into a whole another episode, but we're going to have <laughs> to leave like, you. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to leave you on a cliffhanger here. <laughs> So you'll find out more about that another time. But any closing thoughts from you on that? I would say that exploring the Enneagram is something that everyone should do for yourself, but also for the people that you're in relationship with. Mm. And I say that from the standpoint of work. I say from the standpoint of romantic relationships, family, having this, this lens to see things through and to have conversations about, even if you have conversations with people who don't know the Enneagram, it, it's a tool and it's a place that really helps you identify for yourself and communicate better with others and therefore work better with others. Totally. I, cause I feel like it allows you to see people see, Oh, well they're acting this way, but it's because of this like deep childhood wound. And then you have like so much more compassion and empathy for them mm-hmm. and like That's so core just to overcoming all of the different like barriers that keep us from loving each other. So cool. Well, check out the Enneagram, check out these books, send us a DM on Instagram. If you want to chat more about the Enneagram, we both are coaches. And so we'd be happy to like have a like introductory coaching session with you just to chat about the Enneagram or even just anything that came up for you during this episode. As always, thank you so much for being here and just for being dedicated to your growth, to taking your potential to the next level. We are all in this together. We are all healing and growing. And this is a journey until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. As always, any books, links, or resources that were mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes for you to access. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. Or feel free to send us a direct message on Instagram at Elevate Potential Podcast if you would like to be a guest on this show. Finally, please subscribe and download episodes in order to support the community that we are creating of people who are working to elevate their potential together. Until next time.